we're bringing this podcast to you after surviving the great tornado apocalypse. No, it's not, wasn't really nothing. Happened. Might as well have been. I have grown up in the Great Plains my whole life. Uh-huh. So whenever you tell me there's a storm, I do not care. Like in the slightest. It's like, yes, it's Tuesday. I understand <laughs> this. Why are you worried about it? Good to be good to be careful. I've also grown up around here my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to it too, but I guess a little more on edge than chance. Yes. I feel like you would have been right there with me had people not been here to take shelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to be a good host. <laughs> so, okay, everyone, I'm going to demonstrate how to get into the shelter. How do you uh, feel about storms, Danny? I grew up living in a trailer. And so I had irrational fear because obviously tornadoes can blow trailers away very easily. So I have this anxiety, even though tonight I sheltered in a lovely concrete building, just couldn't even tell the storm was happening. But I always get pretty anxious about it just from my childhood, especially being in Oklahoma City for the first storm uh, because I just moved up here. So it was kind of a big deal. And then it was a letdown. So I guess that was a good introduction. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like last spring when there wasn't a tornado, but it was just like hail. Mm-hmm. And it just like ripped through our town. It did. Or like a part of our town. Just like every roof was ripped apart. Every car was smashed in. Apparently, north of us in this town, that did happen. Again, which is where it happened last time. Yeah. Poor guys. We just saw very little hail. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> well, my home is up there and I haven't been back oh, That's yet. true. You only have the one window. Yeah, I only have one huge window. We'll probably so, be okay. Um, but yeah, so we just we just went through it. We survived. I think we're better for it. I think we're better for it. Better people. You know, it, it occurs to me now that I have lived where hurricanes come. Mm-hmm. I have lived where some of the worst blizzards in the continental United States happen. I've lived in Tornado Alley. <laughs> What's left? <laughs> We do, we have had earthquakes. Earthquakes, here. yeah, earthquakes, big ones. Yeah, earthquakes here in Oklahoma. I've been through a few of those. Yeah, what haven't you done? There's not much left. <laughs> Volcanoes, I suppose. This is why when weather comes, I'm just like, don't talk to me about the weather. <laughs> Come on, tsunamis. Um, my my very yeah. first snowstorm when I was in Montana, the snow was over my house. Like I couldn't leave. <laughs> So nothing, nothing's really stacked up to that since then. Yeah, tsunami though, I don't think there's any like preparing for that. No. That's not one I would want to chance. I'm not like, I can take this. I'll be okay. It's like, that wave comes. You know, I, I, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. If a tsunami is going to get me in Oklahoma, it deserves it. It earned it. It worked really hard for that. <laughs> Here's looking at you, tsunami. You know, you know, if it's just going to come out of the Gulf and somehow, <laughs> somehow reach us here, hundreds of miles inland, it deserves, it deserves to get that W. I think if that happened, a, an asteroid has probably hit and we'd probably be dead already anyway, so. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about it. And if if we weren't, we would be soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's just like if if a tsunami hits us in Oklahoma City, there something has gone really wrong somewhere. <laughs> just <laughs> let what happens happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oahu Beach Face Savers. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance, and that went really well. And I'm your other host, Cameron, and I can't believe that we did that in one take. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, this isn't going to record. It's not going to happen. Yeah, this is the one that's going to be corrupted and lost to the ether. For whatever reason, over a year and a half ago when we started this podcast, we based the branding for it on one scene from one episode of Boy Meets World. A random season four episode. <laughs> and, and this, this is, is it. One. We're finally here. If you've ever wondered why we're brought to you by some fake company at the beginning of all of our episodes. This is why. Why it's Boy Meets World fever. <laughs> this episode. We finally made it. Yes. We did it. I can't believe it. I I feel like we need to have like a banner behind us that we pull down, balloon drop. As far as you know, listening at home, that is what happened. Yeah, there's a big mission accomplished banner. We're actually <laughs> recording on an aircraft carrier. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big press conference. Mm-hmm. It's so, beautiful. And just like when that actually happened, we have a lot more stuff to go. <laughs> We're still looking at like 20 years. <laughs> oh gosh. No. Okay. That's that's a bummer. Yeah, you just you just brought, really it, brought it down, but you well, started it. Um, we are obviously very jovial, but I'll still ask anyway. How are you today? Good. Yeah, still really hot. I was down in that storm shelter, and I don't think I've recovered. Yeah, it was. I, it looked warm. It was down sweltering. There. I looked in and I'm like, there's not going to be a tornado that hits us. And I went back into the living room and sat on the couch. (laughs) Played on his phone, no doubt. Uh, Yeah. Well, actually, I was talking to my girlfriend because I didn't like that I wasn't with her. But Well, that's very sweet. (laughs) How are you? I am also good. Good. I mean, we've just been hanging out for a while now. Yeah. But we're not alone tonight, Mm -mm. dear listener. We have a very important guest. Very special guest brought in especially for this episode. And it is my old high school classmate, quiz bowl teammate, senior prom date, all those things rhymed. Didn't expect that to happen. Um, <laughs> but here she is for the first time ever, uh, Danny Powell. Cause it's Danny Powell, Danny Powell coming on our show. Boy meets world fever. It's what she's doing. It's good to know I got friends who will always podcast with me cause it's Danny Powell. Yay! That was beautiful, Cameron. Thank you. Welcome, Danny. Welcome. Thank you. I have met you for the first time five minutes ago. Best friends. Yeah, but I already feel like we are very close. Mm -hmm. We know each other very well. Um, So, Danny, why don't you, because Cameron probably already knows, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your history with our host here. Tell us about your history with Boy Meets World. Well, um, Boy Meets World was a large part of my life when I was a tiny child growing up in my hometown of Muldrow, which is where Cameron and I knew each other from. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, as he said, was my senior prom date. We were in all of the AP classes. Classes together in honors classes. Um, just the best of friends because he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, now I actually live nearby. You know, after all of these years of Cameron and I living in faraway towns, we now live probably 20 minutes away from each other. I just started teaching here in the city. So yeah, um, watching, going back and watching this episode again. Oh my gosh, it's so funny watching it as an adult versus watching it as a kid. It's <laughs> absolutely unreal the way that I empathize with Feeney. But we can talk more about that later. <laughs> it's I think it's good because I very much am not going to empathize with Feeney. <laughs> so I think we will. Uh, yeah, I feel like we see a different side of it than maybe you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in education, but yeah. I'm not a teacher. Chance is a TA. Well, I'm a paraprofessional. Yeah. Well, thank you so much I, I for your service. That is a difficult job. <laughs> yes. Couldn't, we couldn't do it without you. We no. used to use the term interchangeably in Norman public schools, but we are not allowed anymore. Ah, well, he's a paraprofessional. Parapro. Yeah. Parapy. I have all of the certifications as a paraprofessional. So the school board now insists that we be called paraprofessionals. 
and not DAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's not a big see deal. a little different side of things. Yes. Um, than maybe in like a, a normal regular classroom experience. But I mean, you still probably see the same things and your points are still valid. <laughs> oh no, it's going to be an interesting talk because I did not get out of this episode what I was expecting to. So yeah. I'm excited to jump in. But first, tell us about Muldrow. You know, I've known Cameron for 14 years and I have no clue where Muldrow is. Not even like an inkling of where it might be. So Muldrow is a tiny town of three 3,000 people that sits next to the Arkansas River near the town of Fort Smith, Arkansas, but it's on the Oklahoma side. So if you feel like I've said that, I was thinking West Oklahoma. Mm -mm. No, we're over there too. We are in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. We actually have our own little mountain in the town, but it's not, it's actually a very short hill. But I used to live up on the mountain, and that's how you divided where people lived in town. They were either townies or they, they lived on the mountain. And if you lived on the mountain, you really didn't have neighbors. It was super country. And, you know, Mulder's one of those towns where you drive 30 minutes to get to a Walmart. And we were super excited whenever the Piggly Wiggly moved in when I was like 12 or 13, because that was a real grocery store. So it was yeah. a thrill. And an actual Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. The only one I've ever seen. You, you just said <laughs> an actual. Is this something I should be aware of? I just feel like that's always like an expression or like it's an example you use to talk about somewhere like really podunk. Mm-hmm. Like the Piggly Wiggly is the grocery store. And we but, actually got one. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, we had a Piggly Wiggly. It's the name of a grocery store. Apparently, and then cities. I remember <laughs> our junior, our junior or senior year, we actually got a second stoplight, so we couldn't say we were one stoplight town anymore. We have two. What a disappointment! Yeah, that was right when I moved. So I guess I yeah didn't know any different. You yeah. never knew Muldrow. I only knew it as a two stoplight town. <laughs> I even lived at a no stoplight town. So practically cosmopolitan <laughs> Muldrow was. <laughs> Compared to some places. You know, I really do need to sit down because, okay, for all of you out there, I've lived in Oklahoma for about 14 and a half years, give or take a little. And like, I still don't know where anything is in this. Like, I know where the important things are, but I've often said like Ada, Altus, um, Ardmore, there's a few more that start with A. To me, they are all the exact same city and they are somewhere south of us. Like, I think one of those is North that you said, but also I have no idea if we didn't play them in football, I don't know where the tiny towns are. So Mm -hmm. I think you're fine. And I've lived in Oklahoma 27 years of my life. So yeah, I have two advantages and they are this one I've lived around in a lot of different places. So I feel like I just kind of knew the places that were around. And two, I was in the FFA, the future farmers of America. Mm. Actually, they don't go by that anymore. It's just the national FFA organization. Um, But I feel like you just see everybody and they on all their blue jackets. It says on the back, whatever town they're from. So I feel like I saw a lot of names. And for some reason, I thought it was important that I talked to a lot of people. And so I did that. And so I was like, oh, where is that? Just kind of learned okay. a lot of places where being friendly, it's for the birds. What good is this, all this knowledge going to do me? <laughs> I don't know. You might find yourself on a quiz show. Yeah, I could. That was, a, that was nice. An Oklahoma quiz show. <laughs> Oklahoma town name quiz show. I feel like we are having a cultural moment. First, we had Boomtown, which was kind of a national success. Then Killers of the Flower Moon. Now the movie. And apparently Matt or Leonardo DiCaprio just loves hanging out in Oklahoma. So does um, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Oh, really? People keep running into him in Oklahoma City. Even though the movie's done uh-huh. filming? He just likes hanging out. Okay. So apparently we're about to be put on the map. So maybe... Tiger King. <laughs> what more could about... you ask for? Let's not forget about Joe Exotic. It's our moment. Uh, for a state that does not exist 
geographically in Oklahoma or in the United States. Have yeah. you guys ever seen the maps that people from other countries try to fill in of the uh-huh. states? Yeah. And Oklahoma is always just either not there or they get it exactly right because they're like, I'm going to put Oklahoma in like the most out of the way, boring place. <laughs> and they happen to know, oh, well, it must be that weird one in the middle. Uh-huh. Or it's just so part of Texas. Yeah. It's like this must all be Texas. Just all the way up to Canada is just a strip of Texas. It's just, it's all just Texas. It is wildly large. Yeah. Just Texas in general. Yeah. So it's not surprising. Um, I was a geography major in school and one of my very first geography classes, they're like, I'm going to explain to you why Oklahoma doesn't exist. And we were like, excuse me. And his point was that you can divide the nation up into really six very like solid geographical regions and Oklahoma fits in none of them. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it like geographically does not fit. Most people just lump it in with Texas. Well, I'll, so. ta- I'll take that. I'll wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> we won't be defined. Yeah, it's true. We cannot be held back. We can't be tamed in the words of Miley Cyrus. <laughs> in the words of Miley Cyrus. <laughs> the great and terrible Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Oklahoma. It's special. Come here or don't. Whatever. <laughs> well, senior prom, prom dates, friends, fellow teachers, and now podcasting buddies. Mm-hmm. Just really come full circle. <laughs> full circle. I can't wait to tell Coach Phillips about this. He's going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Phillips was your? He was our, my junior year, he taught American history. And then senior year, we took AP Human Geography from him, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Just really I went back um, a couple of weeks ago and found those, you remember those tiny VHS tapes that weren't full-sized? But they were just like the size of like an index card, maybe found those, put those in the VCR because we still have one that works. And it was our last day of our senior year, like the whole day we recorded it. So I have all footage of like you and Arlie and Asia and everyone just having a good old time and Phillips. And uh, I sent him some video copies of it. And it was really, it was really fun to walk down memory lane because Phillips ended up being my boss for two years whenever I taught at Muldrow. So that was, that was nice. Because he loved me when I was in school, so I could do anything as a teacher and I wouldn't get in trouble. That was one of the benefits of yeah. being one of those kids, I suppose. Yeah. Get away with stuff. I also got away with stuff. <clears throat> yeah, but that's just because you didn't care and they couldn't get you in trouble because your parents went around. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> those way too extremes. When you have no parents, the threat of I'll call your parents... It doesn't work. Like, go ahead. I'd <laughs> love them. to hear from them. <laughs> I, I, I literally did tell my principal once, tell him I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little sad when you think about it. <clears throat> but what can you do but laugh? Uh, my, my principal did not laugh at me. Smiling through the tears. Our yeah. vice principal loved me, but he hated, his name was Dr. Farr. He insisted on the doctor and he hated my guts. <laughs> Sorry about that, Dr. Farr. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to talk a lot about schools in this episode, uh-huh. so we might as well so just, yeah, jump, we just in. jump in. Who wants to do the synopsis? Usually we don't do the intro together. Yeah, I feel like it's my synopsis, but I could be wrong. Go for it. Okay. Synopsize. Um, Topanga is going to be on a public access. Well, at least we assume it's public access. I did. 
mm-hmm. uh, quiz show um, with other smart John Adams high people, but instead she gets stuck with Corey and Sean and uh, they're really fun. So the school or not the school, the show decides they're going to build the show more around their kinds of personalities um, because it sells and then the show becomes dumber and that's what happens. And there you have it. Um, maybe lessons are learned. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I really don't know. I didn't know what to do with this episode. But yeah, um, I'll start because normally I ask like gut reactions. How did we like the episode? And I'll start this week. Uh, I don't know what to do with this episode. No clue. Did not put a rating when I was doing it. I uh, very simply just <laughs> did not write one down. I, I, I needed to process. Mm-hmm. We're here to help you with that. What about you, Danny? How did you... Just at a gut level, how did you feel about it? It made me question my whole career and am I doing things right for students? Like gut level, very thought-provoking for me. Incredibly mm-hmm. thought-provoking. Like mm-hmm. I should go back and watch it again and just think more. Like, yeah, man, I, it, it hit me. I kept telling Cameron I need to watch this episode again. So, And then you never <laughs> did. I never did. We might have had there not been people in your... yeah. <laughs> house to take we had several people over just in case and we ended up going down for a little bit but yeah. you know that's what happens when you're the people with the, the shelter. shelter in your garage and you um yeah i feel i feel the same it almost it feels a little almost disjointed mm-hmm. like i feel like watching it like the first third to a half i was like this is like a perfect episode of what meets world and then it just kind of slowly devolves into some like madness and it's really unclear in terms of its messaging on what it's trying to do um so it's just like same boat i'm just like i don't know what to do with this like part of me loves it and it's just like firing on all cylinders and then suddenly like the engine's on fire and um and here we are at the end yeah this might be a controversial statement i remember loving this episode but watching it i didn't find it very funny did you laugh very much either of you no not at all because i don't think the humor is geared toward like all ages in this one i can Mm. see i can see like middle school and high schoolers from the 90s laughing at it but also i feel like if my kids my i teach high school if my kids went back and watched it today i don't think they would find it funny either yeah i just i i I think eric has one line that i think is funny but the rest of the episode i just Mm -hmm. like for a comedy show i didn't laugh at at all yeah there's like in that first couple of minutes i feel like there were two moments Mm -hmm. like or sean's just like look we're smart (laughs) like stuff like that was funny but then after that just because yeah it's almost like this mtvification mm-hmm. is going on i think that's intentional oh yeah yeah but it's like 90s they MTV, took it over the top 90s mm-hmm. mtv isn't yeah. a, a cultural touchstone anymore yeah nor was it necessarily probably good even at the time yeah because the mtv era was definitely early 90s i mean we were in the trl era now which was still pretty big, but not. Mm. This, it reminded me a little bit of, did you guys ever watch all that? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it reminded me of how over the top those sketches, like the Amanda Bynes sketches were like way over the top of the costuming and the reactions um, and everything was just huge and grandiose. And it felt to me, which I think those were around the same times. So was this 97? Yeah. Right. Yeah. When this I came out. Okay. 
yeah. So that it, it was just, everything was big, almost too big, but I, I told myself they just did it on purpose because it's, it's kind of mocking and making fun of this idea that you have to be big and huge to get ratings, which I come from a television background too. I worked in TV for 10 years, so I could 100% see we need to change this, um, you know, the format of this show because we saw an increase in our viewers you know, or we could get this big automotive advertiser to do, you know, $100,000 a year contract with us for the advertising. We'll change it. Of course, we'll do whatever you want. We'll rename our weather studio. I've seen that happen many times. So like, it just made perfect sense to me, the way that they changed on a dime like that. Yeah, very realistic. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that being very realistic too. Um, maybe not as that far as quick. Like, no, no. As that, quick, yeah. <laughs> that quick maybe does make sense, but like naming your show, huh? That's cool. It's <laughs> going a little far. Yeah. Um, huh. That's cool. Yeah. Why don't we get started on scene one in the studio? Uh huh. I didn't know you were from a TV background. I'm very excited. You can give us all the. I don't think I knew that either. <laughs> yeah, I worked in advertising, like TV and online advertising forever in Fort Smith and Fayetteville. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Now you, now you teach. I know. So different. <laughs> You're just rolling in the big bucks now. I know. I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind her of her pay cut. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so scene one, we are on the set of High School Quiz Show. High School Quiz Show. Which was the big reason that I wanted Danny on, just because we were on the Quiz Bowl team together. And so this really, of at least at the beginning, is really firing on those same cylinders of, oh, yeah. of Quiz Bowl. Later on, it isn't. But um, they're on High School Quiz Show. Topanga is the only one sitting there. Mr. Feeney's talking to the woman from the station who kind of is the manager of the show, I guess. Um, and there are the, the rest of the team didn't didn't make it. The bus broke down, and so they weren't able to be there. She's like, "Okay, you're gonna have to forfeit." It's like we don't know the meaning of the word forfeit. We can't do that. And then um, she's like, "Well, how did she get here?" And he's like, "She was driven by Corey and Sean, who are over there." And she's like, "Well, hey, what about them?" And then Beanie's just like, "We forfeit." <laughs> no, no, we forfeit. <laughs> yeah, and then she she goes over. So, what school do you two go to? <laughs> Who's the head in the hallway? Oh, that head? That's John Adams' head. We go to John Adams' head high school. And Phoenix is just like, see, this is why we forfeit. This is why we forfeit. <laughs> yeah. I really, that was very funny too. Yes, that part was, I forgot <laughs> we go to John Adams' movie. head high school. Yeah, and they're standing at the buzzers and, and Sean's like, we look smart. <laughs> look at us here. It's just, it's just the one like perfect comedy. Like everything's working right there. Yeah. They really dumbed down Corey a lot. Sean, they've. He's they've shown to be this dumb, uh-huh. but Corey is acting like a moron. Yeah, so just really steering into it. Uh, did you find the John Adams head joke funny? Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, that I had forgotten about that part, but that's yeah. We go to John Adams head high school. <laughs> Sounds like something I I would hear kids say all the time. Like that's that's a very accurate and realistic comment. You should uh, definitely petition um, your school because Cameron goes actually teaches at John Adams Elementary. I do. Oh. Um, well, you need a head. Yeah. I got to teach at John Adams Head Elementary School. <laughs> you should uh, petition to get a head, is all I'm saying. Uh-huh. A bust, mm-hmm. as they're called. I wish our high schools had cool names. Anyway. Yeah, they're all dumb. Like Norman. <laughs> yeah. Norman. What North. does that even mean? Describe it. Norman. <laughs> 
I don't, our school is fun because I teach at Putnam City, like just plain Putnam City. And so we call it Putnam City Original. So you get to make jokes about North and West. Ooh. Yeah. They're not the original. They're not the original. Um, I teach at a school. Well, don't teach. I am a paraprofessional. <laughs> you guys don't teach. No, no, you don't teach. No. You can't say that. I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> Um, but at, at Norman North High School, which is less than a mile north of uh-huh. Norman, it's like, I guess it's north a little bit, you could say. <laughs> Technically, you're right. It is north. <laughs> but not by, like, a lot. No, not at all. Uh so Corey and Sean are going to be the other two warm bodies on the team. Yes. Um, we get in. John Adams Head High School is getting trounced. Mm-hmm. By I think it's Alexander Hamilton or just Hamilton High, yeah, or whatever. Like that. Which is a fun matchup. Those two Whig party members and their disagreements that they had with each other all the time. He only knows that because of the musical Hamilton. Well, so exactly. does everybody. That's the, how everyone knows that. <laughs> Literally, everyone knows it that way. <laughs> okay. Um. So it's not. It's not bad. Just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um so he asked the question he's like what is the two rivers is the fertile crescent in between and topanga gets it right the tigris and the euphrates and then they get the point and then Corey and sean like start cheering and they're like you suck to the hamilton high people and the crowd kind of like is into it and you see the woman off to the side the like the manager and she's like Oh, oh, yeah. And then they cut for break, and we're led to believe that the reason Topanga is doing so bad is not because she's like slow or dumb, it's because Corey and Sean keep hitting the buzzers mm-hmm. and not knowing the answer, and not knowing the answers because they just won't like to hear it buzz, mm-hmm. so she doesn't get a chance to answer them. Yeah, and I mean. You got to watch out for that on the, the quiz bowl circuit. Okay, we got to get into it because, you know, I was never in school long enough to know that there was a quiz bowl. What is, what is, what is quiz bowl? Tell oh us. my Lord. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. I it, um, was, it was very fun. So you have the way we played it in our league I guess you would say your school has four people and the opposing school has four people and you each have your own buzzers and a question is read aloud. There's like a first half and a second half read aloud a question. One person gets to buzz in at a time. So if your team buzzes in, they have a count of three to answer the question. If they don't answer, they get it wrong. The other team has an opportunity to buzz in, but no one else on your team has a chance to buzz in and try to give an answer. So if someone on your team buzzes in and doesn't know it, you just screwed over your whole team. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to have a buzzer happy person so it, the the sean Corey, and topanga thing is very realistic uh-huh. i would have yeah. been livid with them <laughs> yeah. absolutely livid topanga's yes. right to be upset at them yeah she is cameron uh says that you were the quiz bowl captain of course because i don't know why but yes <laughs> <laughs> oh captain my captain so the only thing special about being captain is that you got to choose the there's a lightning round so that part was super accurate in the show um there's a lightning round and you have to pick between three categories and you don't know like it'll just be famous presidents um greek mythology type, types of dessert greek mythology so it's like totally random and you have no idea you could pick greek mythology and it might be spell the following names from greek mythology mm-hmm. or you could have to identify them based on their characteristics but in the light
lightning round, the captain picks and then is the one to give the answer. Mm-hmm. But or that's all. You can defer. Yeah, which you should always do in the first half. Okay. Now, is it like, is it school questions? Like, do you have like a piece of paper that you could like work out a math problem real quick? Or is uh-huh. it all trivia? No, it's, there's categories. It's so it's, it's school related. Sometimes there's like general trivia, but mm-hmm. they're just like, it's just another category. I specifically remember one question. And I remember this because I buzzed in too early and it was like the highlight of my academic career. Um, the, the question was Elvis um, made Elvis had a hit single um, that had to do with shoes that were made from a certain fabric. And at this point I buzzed in ready to say suede, mm-hmm. but that was not the end of the question. I buzzed in and they finished the question that said made of suede. So like it was a statement and she stopped there because when you interrupt and buzz in too early, they stop the question and you have to answer. So I had no idea what the actual question was. And so I just thought, well, suede is a weird thing. Like it's spelled weird. So I, my answer was S-U-E-D-E. And you know what? That was right. They were going to ask you to spell suede. I got that point. That was amazing. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So like you will have like pop culture questions too. That's why she was the captain. That's why she, because of the suede question. Uh-huh. Yep. And then you have like... So there's just different strategies like you might be the person on the team maybe then there's 10 seconds once they finish reading the question there's a countdown for 10 seconds so you might be the person who's just like i can be the wild guesser but i'll wait till it's been like seven seconds and give people a chance to answer and then i'll buzz in and take my shot and maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong but i'm i'm taking it to somebody somebody's got to it's just points that are out there you don't lose points you can only get them you're not giving away your shot yeah you are not throwing away your shot No, you're not. Let's try to make a reference and I get the lyrics wrong. (laughs) This is the low light of her podcasting career. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. The highlight of her academic career, followed shortly by the yeah. Uh, Okay, so there are strategies. Uh Were you the wild guesser? Um, yeah, I think. What was your category that you were good at? Um, history, Greek stuff, right? Mythology. And like mythology stuff. Um, I remember one guy on our team, he, he, he knew a lot of things, but he was really good at like car brands. Yeah. Are you talking about Steven? Uh, and I was talking about um, Nick. Nick. Yeah. 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 Cause Steven, like I thought you were talking about him. Steven would sit in his chair with one leg tucked under him. And so he was always like awkwardly perched. Like he was about to fall out of the chair. And that's the number one highlight I remember of him. Cause he mm-hmm. looked like he was going to jump out of the desk at the person reading the questions. He was always so quiet. This is fascinating to me. I never knew there were quiz yeah. bowls. I mean, I knew that you were on a quiz bowl team and I've known that for a while. But from fourth grade should, to fourth grade. You should volunteer to be a question reader. I'm sure your school has a, an academic team and they are always looking for question readers and you can be the one to do that. It's I really fun. I RDK mm-hmm. <laughs> or Kiki. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I did just sign up to be a speech and debate judge. So. Oh, nice. That's so much fun. That. You're going to love it. Yeah. Well, I, I did speech and debate. So yeah, that one. I so did. he knows. Old that hat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, well, I know the debate side anyway. Mm-hmm. Give me that foreign extemporaneous every time. Correct. Oh, give facts. me the decks. Give, want, give me the domestic. How can you want the decks? Because, because there was always a question about uh, no child left behind or something. And I could always give a really good like hook in the beginning, giving a like story from my mom that she said. And so I drew them in and then I would win because I was personable, not because I knew things. It's all fake. Well, I see. I, I also was very good, but I would do facts every time and i call you on they can't call you on anything yeah i've judged facts before and i'm like all right sounds sounds good to me sounds sounds right (laughs) yeah i I would make up the balkans tell me more like (laughs) 
I literally stopped bringing my case to tournaments because I'm just like, I don't need this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do fex questions. And... I've never in all of my time judging and participating in speech and debate, have I seen someone be like, can I see your sources? <laughs> never. I've never seen that in my life. So no. I don't even know what the point is. I, yeah, I did. I, I started doing domestic. That was like my beginning after I, I, I dropped out of Lincoln Douglas debate because I made a girl cry <laughs> and I just like, didn't like that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> because I was really mean to her. Um, and then, so I stopped doing that. But did you win? I did. I, I don't think I ever lost an LD debate. It, I mean, I did like maybe nine or 10 of them. I don't think I ever lost. But I didn't like that side of myself. So I switched to domestic. And then I was helping someone practice foreign. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. I'm switching to this. So I switched to foreign extemporaneous. And that's where I did most of my career. You can't <laughs> help but feel really intelligent when you do foreign because I mean you're saying all these things that you shouldn't you have no right to know about them but like you just somehow pick it up through your sources and like cutting articles out and stuff so I mean you can just drop bombs of knowledge on people randomly like oh yes the the Palestinian conflict I know about that um my crowning my crowning moments we're talking about crowning moments Mm -hmm. I got a question this was actually so I did um speech and debate my freshman and sophomore year then I dropped out of school And then I came back to school and I did speech and debate again to get a credit. Um, This is when I moved from Montana to Oklahoma. um, And I did my junior and senior years in six months together. Um, And I uh, did speech and debate to get a credit. And I got an almost perfect score on effects speech about how um, Anna Nicole Smith's in uh, death is going to affect inheritance laws between Caribbean nations in America. I knew nothing about, so I made up. <laughs> I made up what the laws were. I told the problem with with my made up laws, and I gave solutions to my own made up laws. <laughs> Got wow. an almost perfect score. I am <laughs> so impressed right now. Peacock. It was total BS, but I got an almost perfect score on it. So. Well, now I desperately want to research how that would have affected that. So that's something for me to do when we're done here. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> Just a little tidbit for you to worry about. Yeah, later. thank you for the tidbits. We're an educational show as much as we are. It's true. Any other of the nonsense that we talked about. So that's what that was my one thing that I did in school. Just because arguing and getting credit for it. Heck yeah. I mean, <laughs> but yes. Back to the show. The the manager, I don't know if she's ever given a name. She probably she is. is. I don't care. Um, but she's like, oh, there's something here. And the Oahu Beach guy comes. He's like, I'm with Oahu Beach face saver pads. Um, and I think we really got something here. Mm-hmm. We'd be interested in advertising. He says, if you're going to keep moving the show in this direction, we'd be interested in spending some advertising money. And I was oh, like, oh boy, do they. Ooh, that's an ominous statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I loved how immediately she changed direction. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, new questions pronto. Where did she get them? How did she write them so fast? I am so intrigued by this. Did she, you couldn't Google them where did they come from i love yeah, it I, I i was thinking that too i was like how did she get these questions ready so fast especially that x-men question that was a long answer mm-hmm. uh-huh. you had to yeah. type that like in yeah. this episode feeney talks about like 
the wealth of knowledge at their fingertips. This is 97. It's it's basically the Stone Age. He yeah. said he said a new web page every six seconds. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, that's so slow. I looked it up and there we have a hundred <laughs> the, the statistic I found said 175 web pages a minute. Really? Or what's being added. 175 a minute? Mm-hmm. That seems odd to me because web pages are going so like the way of the dodo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know exactly but, what their terms were to define that, but that's still just like that would be three three web pages a second. And I will say, just before I came on and, uh, to chat with you guys, I added fourteen web pages to the internet in about thirty minutes. So oh, look at you, contributing yeah. To that. So I'm contributing to the World Wide Web, and that brings us to our sponsor. Squarespace. <laughs> Build it beautiful. It was on Squarespace. Yes, you're right. Did you really? Look yeah. at you. They're not really a sponsor, but they could be. They send that them this. They should be. Squarespace, if you want to pay us and give us the tools to make our own website, we'll gladly accept. <laughs> yeah. With no updates ever. I'll update it. No, you don't have to. <laughs> Their beautiful customizable templates require no updates or patches ever. Oh, and okay. responsive across every device, whether that be a laptop, <laughs> desktop, or mobile phone. I'm just saying, we already know the copy. It's true. <laughs> a dream is just an idea that doesn't have a website yet. <laughs> Squarespace. Build it beautiful. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, um, yeah, I don't know where she got all these questions from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they switch out the questions. He's like, I've already got the questions. And she's like, no, these are new questions. Mm-hmm. He's just like, okay. okay. And this is the super fast lightning round where the questions are worth da, 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 two points. <laughs> that part was very uh, the horn. <laughs> Two points. <laughs> um, lightning round. And the category is was up. <laughs> Uh, that took me back to the 90s it did it annoyed me just a little bit but yes it took me back mm-hmm. i just got it what oh maybe that wasn't the same question but no the moon question wasn't the lightning that is question. it is okay because it's no that's not i'm just saying the moon is that's that Probably i just thought it. oh that would be a perfect that's how that's the question they should have used for the was up lightning round mm-hmm. that's when they're just completely dumb complete that would lateral be thinking honey nothing to do with knowing or knowledge or even yeah. trivia yeah yeah we'll we'll get there we've all got stuff to say uh-huh. <laughs> but we'll get there so he asks what does the x and x-men stand for um sean gives a correct answer as a comic book nerd i will uh endorse both his and Corey's answers mm-hmm. they go together yeah it's got layers yeah um and the funny part is the, the host is like the most powerful mutant mind. Like, like they've, that's exactly it. Like they just knew exactly what was on the card. Um, so they give a, they give a good long, a good answer and they get three points and apparently they win. Mm-hmm. They come back from a 20 to one deficit to win. Uh, the well, game. it is a super fast lightning round yeah, where the question presumably these, these smart kids don't know these other nerdy things. Yeah. We'll get to that part too. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so but Corey comes home just like Mm -hmm. reveling in his victory he's like finally someone understands my particular genius yeah and he's telling his parents and they're like what are you sure (laughs) are you sure you won on this show Mm -hmm. yep 
it's like yeah they, we did it yeah and then it cuts to um them in the audience of the next episode and they've already changed it uh-huh. so like between one episode to the other they've changed it from high school quiz show to knowledge fever mm-hmm. so that's where our name comes from yes um you know not the pandemic no and we did release this in the pandemic under boyman's world fever so that's a poor choice of title yeah um goodness <laughs> yeah but they've already changed it um i don't think i ever realized that the show loses the name knowledge fever in my mind the next part eat two was called knowledge fever mm-hmm. but I, it's not it's not <clears throat> we even lose that fever for knowledge that we once had mm-hmm <laughs> So you're saying this kind of quick turnaround is pretty possible. It is possible, but not before a signed contract stating how much money they would be giving in exchange. So we have to assume that that happens in the background. But I mean, yeah, if they're if they're going to get a sizable advertiser, yeah, you're going to change it really fast. It's it's possible. Man, I mean, we can assume that the show is shot weekly because there's no way they're going to this place every day. I mean, apparently it requires some sort of travel. Mm-hmm. So within a week's time, you think? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you've got people, this is their, it's their full time day job. So they can go around and, you know, make their plans, go purchase the equipment, all the decoration. You've got people who will be writing the scripts and, you know, developing all of that. So it's, it's, it's plausible. You have to hire your If you gave them like a week. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then Amy and Alan are sitting in the crowd and they're like, what is going on? And it just cuts to Mr. Feeney. We live in a random and chaotic universe. (laughs) Loved that. (laughs) Um, it's really funny because feel it. Eric looks like very uninterested in being there. And by the end, he's like, he's like into it. Uh-huh. Um, so this knowledge fever segment is really the last laugh I have in the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're like, all right, let's begin the game. Uh, and the topic is lifeguards of Baywatch. And <laughs> Sean buzzes in. I haven't asked a question yet. Pamela Anderson plays sexy lifeguard CJ Parker. He's like, sexy lifeguard CJ Parker is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and it's already like a million points yeah i loved how they changed the point totals to make it more exciting because that's a real strategy you use in video games um mm-hmm. you know the if you give people higher points so they feel more satisfaction there's more addiction and they keep coming back to it you're not going to play as hard or be as interested for one or two points mm-hmm. and this is coming from an advertiser she knows mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's real. real mad men a mad woman Bad woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully a not. Don, Don Draper type. Ho- hopefully not all the being really mean to the people in your life part. Or the I've tried. I can't do it. <laughs> You've tried. Yeah, I've tried. That's why I'm a teacher now, so I can be nice to people. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if I am being that nice to people. <laughs> uh yeah and the 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 episode of the knowledge fever ends with uh ren's the dog stimpy's the cat rocco's a wallaby and for the bonus points hunker burger uh-huh. which is the restaurant from doug <laughs> which is the restaurant from doug so um my 90s heart you know ren and stimpy uh rocco's modern life and doug that was my <laughs> And it cuts to Eric and he's like, Rocco's a wallaby. I'm learning so much. The stuff I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Those are the life skills that you need. You need to know that he's a wallaby or else how are you ever going to land a job? You know, how are you ever going to be successful in life? This is what it takes to be a functional adult. It's true. It's true. Um, Yeah, I'll tell that story later. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, Eric. Eric is my last laugh in this entire episode. I'm pretty sure. Like after this, 
we're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the TV woman comes and is talking to them again. And she's like, Corey, how about before you answer, you just kind of scrunch up your brow and kind of make a puzzled face. And so he kind of does that. And she's like, and Sean, how about you give some thoughtful, pouty, sexy lips? Th- thoughtful, pouty, sexy lips? No, no. Whatever does that mean? No, no. I understand perfectly. And then he like, <laughs> just does it. I love you doing visual bits on our yeah. audio medium. <laughs> It's for Danny. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I've seen you make that face before. Yeah. We've been through a lot. I mean, we took classes where there were like nine of us in the class. Yeah. So the even though I was only there people. for two years, I feel like we we bonded. We bonded yeah. pretty quickly. Um, and then Topanga's just like, I don't I don't know about all this. Like this feels like the show's going in a direction that it really it doesn't feel right. And then the crowd, they start holding up signs, Topanga is our queen. And then she's just like, it's good to be queen. And she starts playing with her hair and teasing the camera, just like the... Like she wanted her to. Yeah. The executive woman. Producer. Executive yeah. producer woman. So here's my my kind of problem with this. Um, this episode, and, and it really boils down to this. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and maybe the 90s were just a really different time. Maybe it's the whole like anti-intellectual thing of the 90s that you really get on Friends and um, a lot of shows of its kind, even early, like How I Met Your Mother to some extent, but maybe it's that like anti-intellectual thing. I don't really know, but like people who are knowledgeable are knowledgeable about a myriad of things, including pop culture. And like studies show that people who participate in fiction and like imaginative things are also the people with high IQs that tend to do really well, like academically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is why we have like the academic nerd who also is really into magic or D&D is like a... An outlet almost. Well, yeah, an outlet, but I was going to say a stereotype. Mm -hmm. Like, that's true. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, these people who know like the moon is so many quintillion tons should also be able to tell you what the X and X-Men stands for. They should have known the X-Men one. Mm-hmm. They like, absolutely should have known the X-Men one. Yeah, and I, I feel like the show is setting up like a dichotomy of like useful knowledge for life and unuseful knowledge. Mm-hmm. But it's like neither one of them on their own, like they, they use Gutenberg in the printing press as like mm-hmm. an example. But it's like, just knowing that doesn't make a difference to your life. Yeah. Like in all honesty, like, yeah, Yes, you can benefit from the fact that that happened. But if I never learned that Johann Gutenberg made the printing press in like 14, whatever, like my life isn't really any different. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm going to be successful at A, B, and C. That doesn't mean I'm going to do a good job at any of the things that I need to do a good job at. That just means that I know a fact. Yeah. And so it's kind of set up as like, well, this is good knowledge and this is bad knowledge. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't know the bad knowledge. You should only know the good knowledge. Yes. Neither one of them are. If you look at, you know, teaching in the 90s, was super fact-based even compare it to teaching today where we we focus more on like process more than facts and like understanding application more than being able to recite knowledge back i just feel like that was maybe the only decade or time kind of that this show could have taken place yeah Mm -hmm. i think so and i don't know it's just so it it must be an era of its time thing yeah i was a kid in this time who did really well in school did really when i got into middle school and high school that would change (laughs) Because my entire like, family structure would collapse. But um, but at this time, I like tested really well. I was asked to go into a couple of gifted programs. Like I tested really well, but I could tell you the most obscure X-Men there were out there mm-hmm. and my favorite obscure DC Comics characters. And I could name all the Pokemon. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, but only I, like, the original ones. I still well, could name most of them. <laughs> 
There's like 900 or something. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure with about a 50 Pokemon margin of error, I can name all of them that currently exist. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. <laughs> I've just played every game that's come up, but yeah, <laughs> nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just like I don't get this because and and studies have shown like imagination getting lost in fiction, like an ability to like interact with the fantastical, like is directly related to like brain development. Like that's why nowadays they say like, no, let your kids imagine because it's really good for them. Like let them read because it's really good for them. doesn't matter if it's comic books. doesn't matter if it's like, it is good for their mental development. I guess we just like had no concept of that in the nineties. No, we definitely did, but it just wasn't, it wasn't prevalent. I mean, I don't think necessarily to the extent that we do now, just because like brain science, I mean, even now is pretty rapidly developing and what we understand about how the brain works. Um, But I feel like there were definitely researchers and scientists who understood that even at this point. Um, I'm thinking of like linguists and things like your Chomskys and your Krashens and things like that, who really understood that. And like by engaging with texts and with stories and with things that are interesting, that's how you develop and grow yeah um but i think even still today that's just starting to really catch on so you think it would have been perfectly within hollywood's wheelhouse to end up on this idea even if it was flawed back then yeah i don't think it was part of the like pop like general knowledge about the way things work okay that's fair i think that too the the audience that you have that you know because think about like the time of day that this comes on you know you come home from school and this is on tv and you watch it the kids who are going and watching tv are not going to be the kids that are sitting at down and studying and doing their homework right after school. So you kind of do have them, I think, playing to their audience that they have watching the show. Mm-hmm. Um, true. They're they're appealing more to, hey, you're a part of these guys, you know, because we always feel like we identify with Corey and Topanga and Sean. You know, we see ourselves having similarities with them. And so I think that they felt like they could get a more broad appeal by making these questions things that like everyone in the audience could also answer. Mm-hmm. I found myself, though, with that Tigress and Euphrates question i paused the video to see if i could answer it before them because like <laughs> that's the kind of knowledge i want to be good at because that's what i was trained to like want to be good at but mm-hmm. i can see a lot of a lot more people being excited about the pop culture and in that kind of trivia so i, I get the broad appeal behind this storyline i think that's why it hooks me yeah and i'm not saying that like pop culture trivia is the most important i'm just saying like people who retain knowledge are going to retain knowledge about many whatever they're mm-hmm. taking in yeah like yeah. i mean i I, I just told you within an era of about 50 Pokemon, I can probably name them all, but I can also do that with like Roman emperors. Yeah. Like, because I love Roman history mm-hmm. and I read it all the time and I can do it with like, I'm pretty sure I can get within like 50 on presidents. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if I were on this show, I've not been that many. <laughs> if I were on this show, I would have done probably terribly because I'd, I'd identify more with the, the other schools that were competing. I never could answer any of the pop trivia questions in quiz bowl that was not my category i knew nothing about it and if i had to answer them i would have no idea so i would have been like really pissed if if that show happened to change and i was on it and then this came about Mm -hmm. but here's my question for you then specifically because if you would have been like a more hamilton or einstein Uh at least now and maybe this wasn't true back then but from the way cameron describes you it doesn't seem like it is were you this bookish didn't know how to talk to people wouldn't know how to be fun on a show type person no I like to think I'm very well-rounded and appealing yeah, and intelligent. You, seem, you both seem like, <laughs> I think so. You both seem very personable and you were quizable people.
people. You both like have exciting, engaging personalities. Cameron has never met anyone who didn't instantly like him. He was one of the best sellers of memberships at this place at this place we used to work called Hastings because he has this baby face and everyone wants to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then I sell him magazine subscriptions, <laughs> which are stupid. Terrible. I'm sorry. What's what's a Hastings? It was like a. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was to say. <laughs> They all closed down. Yeah. I feel like there was one in Fort Smith. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Like, yeah, it's just this weird, like, oh, no one wants to watch people who know stuff. Ew. Uh Gross. Smart people. Ted Mosby going to the Renaissance Fair. Which is its own sort of insufferableness. Yes. It, if you if you actually say the word renaissance, I will smack you. I read the encyclopedia. Oh, uh, goodness. I haven't watched the show forever. The ending room. Yeah, that just retroactively made the whole thing bad. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, but there... Yeah, I, mean, I feel like this is just kind of the discussion of the show and why it doesn't sit necessarily sit well now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it also... Like, I know, Danny, you had mentioned it was making you kind of, like, rethink a lot of things you're thinking of teaching, um... Yeah, so I find myself knowing that I am not covering the same content in my classroom that I was presented with whenever I took the class in, you know, 2004. And we're doing more project-based things. We're doing more labs because I I teach physical science. Um, But I feel like some of the facts are slipping through the cracks, like that random knowledge that I gained in school, like isn't something that's being taught. You know, when we look at our standards, it's, it's how things apply to life. And that's wonderful. And that's great. But also, like, I do feel like my kids are missing out on, like, trivia. And that makes me really sad. And so I don't know if we are hurting them in any way. Like, I just, you know, the Feeney speech, which we'll we'll get to later, the Feeney scene. Like, yeah. you know, how much value do you need to place on knowledge versus application of that knowledge and, like, what it really means? It mm-hmm. just kind of got me in my thoughts. I, I agree with that. And the, the Feeney scene gets me in my thoughts as well. I, I'm guessing for different reasons. And we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Yeah. <clears throat> I think just thinking about... Let me let me just put it this way. I feel like since I've become a teacher, like I've realized how different my educational experience was from so many of them. Not that I like had better teachers or better this or better that, but just like me as a student, like I am so different than so many of my students. So the things yeah. that I found really enjoyable are just like things that do not connect yeah. at all with my students. Same. Like me, if it's like trivia stuff, yes, please. Like I'm really interested in that or just like little facts and little things that I'm just going to, that are going to stick with me. Mm-hmm. Like I remember most everything that I read just because I like am making connections and like, just engaging with it like the way that I do. But it's like my students don't. Mm-hmm. And that's not something necessarily deficient in them. It's just like the way that they engage with the world is different than the way that I did. Yeah. And so it's really tough as a teacher coming from being more that kind of student and then being like, why aren't you guys like connecting with this? Because this yeah. is awesome. And they're like, like, this is so cool. This is inca- how could you not care not, about actually. the fact that we're we're exerting gravitational force on each other right now and they're like i don't feel it does it matter <laughs> at every level i'm not feeling this yeah <laughs> literally yeah. that's funny that thank was you legitimately funny thank you it's lessened <laughs> by the fact that you pointed out that it was funny but i appreciate it i was impressed um yeah no and i i agree like there's all sorts of different students i was a very rebellious student even before everything went south like telling me to learn something always was a guaranteed way to make me not want to learn it but if you helped me to discover something which I had a few teachers who were really good at and a few teachers who were really bad at but like helping me discover something on my own was very like engaging and I would get really into it um I had a fifth grade teacher who was super fantastic I would never do 
because we had to do AR questions for points. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears> me too. It was so much fun. Time. See, yeah. and that, that, that would do the opposite for me because I was doing points, but I got a, I had a teacher who kind of realized this about me. She learned that I didn't turn in my homework sometimes to get pink slips so that I could figure out how to get out of showing my pink slips to my parents. Like <laughs> it was a game to me. Um, and she, she was one of my only teachers who ever figured that out. And she was just like, hey, Chance, we have this section of books. And it was the sci-fi fantasy section. She's like, it doesn't have many AR tests. Would you read some of them and write some AR tests? So like... Smart. So mm. no. <laughs> um, so that's how like we got around. She got around that and really like helped me discover like, I don't know, discover that area of uh, what I wanted to do. So <laughs> see, I too wrote AR tests, but that's because the only books at my quote unquote reading level were all Louis Lamore Western novels. And so if I wanted to read anything else, <laughs> like I would have to write the AR test in order to get points for it. So know. still being very motivated by the points, but also just like I read all of the Western novels and I needed, I was like 10. I'm like, I need, you know, something else. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. 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 I wrote the AR tests for most, if most, if not all of the Star Wars books that were out at that time and an entire series that was out at the time called The Lost Years of Merlin. I remember very, I still remember specifics about some of those AR tests. So. I'm sorry. Are you guys telling me that I could have written AR tests? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did no one tell me this? Probably because you went to a better funded school that just that had them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word. True. That would have changed my after school Moldrow habits school immensely. District, uh, bellied up to the bar and bought those AR tests. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if it was a thing everywhere, but him saying it, I was like, yeah, I, I wrote AR tests. <laughs> I wrote all the ones for the Harry Potter books throughout at that time. At oh, nice. So yeah, that was, so, you know, it depends a lot on the teacher and it begins a lot on the student because you guys were obviously really good students who like relished doing well and relished and mustard <laughs> we never had to catch up <laughs> shut up <laughs> no mayo clinic no. visits for you <laughs> um so yeah I, I mean it definitely students are different but i don't know the the big joke of our generation right is mitosis is right uh, or the mitochondria is the powerhouse, powerhouse of the yeah. cell mitosis is or the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell and it's just like how do i do what are taxes and how do i pay them mm-hmm. <laughs> the mitochondria is the powerhouse mm-hmm. of the cell. which to me the thing that i'm always thinking of now is just like you have parents like they have mm-hmm. a responsibility as well i did not well, you did not, but most not just people that. do. Listen, in the state of Oklahoma, personal financial literacy is a required class to take before you graduate. That class teaches you how to do taxes. So if you don't learn it, that is your fault. It's true, but it was not when we were. Still. No, it wasn't when we were. Yeah, but I mean, also we have TurboTax. You just click the button and it yeah. does it's it. It's not that hard. <laughs> You're right, but I have a mini anxiety attack at the end of each and every one of those because it's like, is everything you just said true? If it's not, you could be persecuted for per- uh, perjury. I'm like, I think so. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> they just I don't want know. you to pay the $100 for their audit protection. That's all. <laughs> Perjurer. Because <laughs> I, I literally, when I do it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is what this means. I don't know. Uh-huh. And then I get to the end. I just remember like, getting really ticked one time when I did my taxes in college and I like got them all done and they were like, you're getting back $50. Oh, wait, did you ever buy anything online? And I said, yes. Oh, we're going to take that $50 back. Uh-huh. It's like, I think I bought a CD and it cost me $50. Did you not click back and change that? I've completely deleted well, the was thing with a person. and then like, oh. Um, and it's just, yeah. yeah. 
because at that point, Amazon wasn't having to pay taxes. Yeah. Because the laws were as such, if you didn't have a physical location there, you wouldn't have to pay taxes. But they've since changed all of that. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners are just like, yes, tell me more about state tax law. This is exactly what they expected. But this episode is all about like, what is good knowledge versus what is bad knowledge. (laughs) So we're just throwing all of our knowledge at the wall. We're about to get into the Feeney rant. And I'm I'm just going to throw this out there as a preface. I think it comes off as very much elitist about what is good enough. I can agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, so anyway, we cut to the classroom after they win another knowledge fever. Cameron, mm-hmm. why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, so Feeney's talking. Is this, he's talking about Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, if I might interrupt your press junket. And it cuts to Corey, Sean, and Topang, and they're all signing photographs mm-hmm. for their class. And uh, then he just kind of starts being very upset with them. And he's just like, the show... He's like, we were doing great on the show. He's like, the show's turned into a three ring circus and the three of you are driving the tiny car. Um, just calling them clowns. And then he's just like, the kind of knowledge that you're showing isn't the kind of knowledge that is quote unquote good or like necessary. Um, so he, almost like you shouldn't feel good about yourselves mm-hmm. that you were able to answer these questions because like it, it doesn't matter. And Topang is even like, I got the one. Like the tigers in the Euphrates and Feeney's like, well, I would never want to like take away your moment in the spotlight after just like crapping all over it. Yeah. But- <laughs> After he just did that. He's like, yeah, I think you do. Um, and then he just kind of gets into it. Like, you have so much knowledge at your fingertips. In Gutenberg's day, they thirsted for a new book every six months. Now you get a new webpage every six seconds. And what do you do with that? You save the princess and beat King Koopa. And I'm walking out on you. Yeah. And then he does. It's just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, is- there have been times that I wanted to have one of those moments with my students where like, just they didn't care. They weren't listening. And I, you know, put my heart and soul into the lesson and I just wanted to have a mic drop moment like that but then I think I'd get so guilty because these these students are just kids you know and he is an adult and he wasn't regulating his emotions in a way in that regard mm-hmm. but yeah I'd doesn't stop me from wanting to do it. I don't know, but I agree with you about it It being, he is kind of being elitist about the kind of knowledge that people should have. What is good knowledge? What is bad knowledge? Um, and who is he to decide what is going to be more relevant in their lives? Um, I think building relationships is a fundamental skill that everyone needs to have. And what's a good way to build relationships? Having conversations about popular culture, you know? So in a way mm-hmm. that is important knowledge to have, because you got to, you got to have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's 100% right. Right. Um, the, the Gutenberg comparison is really interesting, I think, like because they're using it as like knowing that Gutenberg brought knowledge to the masses for the first time is really good. Um, but the like knowing that it was Johann Gutenberg and knowing that it was in 1450 is really good. And, you know, I could have told you that Johann Gutenberg invented the printing press, but I couldn't have told you the date. But what I can tell you is that even when he bought the printing press, it was used mostly by the wealthy elites to hoard knowledge that they didn't actually learn to feel superior <laughs> like how appropriate and it just johan so like maybe i don't maybe before that i rewatched this episode i didn't know it was 1450 but like i do know that there's a certain elitism about knowledge that feeney is like exemplifying here mm-hmm. um that it just directly related to johan gutenberg's story yeah absolutely and again it's just kind of that like you know the fact you know the date and that's all i want you to know but not the underlying everything else and he's even like, he brought knowledge to the masses. And it's like, well, what is a better example of like knowledge for the masses than just like pop culture? Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Like that's a, there's a through line there. It was just like the things that people like, it doesn't have to all be just like super cerebral. Yeah. um, Like entertaining. I was watching this and I thought instead of talking about it being the year 1450, wouldn't it be more appropriate for them to know, Hey, people generally accept the end of the medieval era to be 1500. Well, Mm -hmm. 1450, the printing press, you know, is this what leads you into the Renaissance, you know, like that kind of conversation instead of knowing a year, how about knowing the context? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like anything else would have been great here, but he, he just keeps it in this like Johann Guten, Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1450 and made knowledge accessible to the people. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. My toastus is. <laughs> and it, yeah, I just, this rant really, I remember this rant being really triumphant. Like I remember like being like, oh, Feeny mic drop. That's so true. But I wasn't like thinking about the show and analyzing it back then, which I don't think the show was ever meant to be done with. <laughs> <laughs> I, but here we are. I think this. I, I, the, the longer we go on this adventure that we've been on, the more I'm realizing this show was meant to be consumed by kids who were barely paying attention and parents who were trying to keep those kids out of trouble. Mm. Like it's supposed to be more of a huh, that's cool level. Yes, of analysis, less of a high school quiz show. But rewatch podcasts are a thing now, and we are one of them. Mm-hmm. And this is the cross we bear. <laughs> this is the cross we bear because I was watching this and I was just like this. This is not turning out the way I thought. Like, I almost entirely disagree with Feeny. Like, yeah, do kids focus on the wrong thing? Like, are there kids who are listening to an anime while a CPR class that could save lives is going on? Oh my God, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> that is 100% happening. But is knowing that Johann Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1450 the that level? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just the dichotomy of useful knowledge and unuseful knowledge. But the thing they're picking to be useful knowledge knowledge in really that useful yeah it's like but but why is this useful like and then and the show never shows up mm-hmm. like in the next scene a kid's gonna tell you the weight of the moon and she's gonna be like i'm sure that it is <laughs> Yeah, but it's not what we're looking and for. And also the, the the fact that they use tons and not kilograms. If you're this smart, why are you using tons? That bothered me. I just yeah. needed to throw Idiot. that out there. Yes, that, that, that is also true. Actually. Maybe they meant metric tons. Yeah, maybe mm. they did mean metric tons. But tons. <laughs> yeah, but the fact of the matter is the question of the weight of the moon is super duper like, specific. Well, specific, but also like variable because like compared to what? Like, because Sean's right. It's weightless when it's out in space. If you put it under Earth's gravity, it has a certain weight yeah. like did did they specifically say weight or did they say mass i said how much does it weigh yeah i think they said the smooth then that's a ridiculous weight. question yeah yeah exactly 100 yeah, percent. using what gravitational field getting these questions <laughs> i fired the old question writing team to know what like how much the moon weighs i, I would assume the the idea is like under a standard earth gravity like if you it's were it's not <laughs> yeah yeah it's not so it's a stupid question <laughs> uh-huh. but we're, yeah, no, it was a way on jupiter a lot more yeah didn't would... understand that i was angry at this question until i just heard you repeating it and now it's the most ridiculous thing and i'm not going to stop thinking about it because <laughs> this is the thing we're mad about here i can't well, i can't the episode frames it as this kid is giving a good answer and also, knowledge what a nerd is accepting a bad answer uh, it's like actually it's not a good answer it's a bad question it's not a good question <laughs> yeah um yeah but i do we need to talk about something and danny on our show we 
aren't just talking about Boy Meets World. We are also trying to make sense of its convoluted timeline. Yes, that's true. As it has set up throughout the show, because things will change, things will be different. Um, I'm sure you probably remember from your old days watching the show. In season four, it introduces a purgatory dimension. <laughs> There's a Lord of Hell who sentences <laughs> Aya Allen and Corey and like basically collapses time in on itself. I'm sure you remember all of this just from oh, your yes. watch throughs. Um, well, we have to, we have to address it because we have a character that's prevalent in this episode that has shown up before. Really? Yeah. So the an old announcer man, oh, Knowledge Fever. Right. We first see him in a diner in Pottstown, which we've already determined is a purgatory dimension. It's true. And here he is somehow escaping from there to be an announcer on High School Quiz Show all the way through to Hombat's School. And I feel like we need to address it's where true. did he come from? I, mean, I think the obvious answer, and this is just to have it on record when Alan rescues Corey and Eric from Pottstown and brings them out from purgatory doing that just sort of weakened Irene the Lord of Hell's power yeah. over her subjects and <laughs> this this man who was once just three hours from home he made it home he made it home he made it that final three hours so and here he is in Philadelphia he got back to his old job are you positive that he was actually never meant to be a dentist like he was in purgatory that he was stuck doing this job that he did not have an uh, an experience with in purgatory and now is out and is doing his real job of announcing a show mm-hmm. I think so I love it print it yeah there we, it, it needed to be said if you don't know Danny our our thesis is that the Boy Meets World timeline is actually perfect it is our understanding of the Boy Meets World timeline that is flawed that in is some way. flawed so we're trying to justify everything in a way that the show is correct and is never in error that because... sounds like the most fun task that you have probably ever set yourselves to complete <laughs> easily sometimes maddeningly fun yes sometimes that we have we have had to concoct two different well one purgatory and one hell dimension and collapse time two years into one year so Twice. because right now in season four they are simultaneously 16 like brand new 16 brand new drivers and also juniors in high school but also sometimes sophomores in high school so the only logical explanation is they've collapsed two years into one mm-hmm. huh i would love to know what the what what the writers were thinking like to just sit in in the writing room we would too. yeah to be a fly on the wall <laughs> i bet the nsa has copies of all those meetings you just need to put in a request yeah, open records act Ooh. Yeah. we would like everything related to boy meets world that <laughs> <laughs> i dare you to try it and just see what happens just see. you know open records act mm-hmm we can do that later um so now though we are on to the final iteration of high school quiz show Mm -hmm. and it's metamorphosis Mm -hmm. it's it's been in its cocoon and now it's spread its wings it's no the very hungry caterpillar no longer um (laughs) it is a beautiful butterfly and it is is a moth (laughs) now yeah it's just a moth not even a cool moth like a stupid moth (laughs) um which is most moths i'll just say it um it's the meme of that moth the you know lamp yeah i love that moth actually he's very nice what's happening (laughs) i'm tired i still not recovered from being in the storm shelter it is now a hawaiian themed for whatever reason i guess because oahu beach beach face savers okay that makes sense it is now a hawaiian themed mtv inspired to the tv in the background which i mean we got to get to that tv in the background um but mtv inspired game show i guess game show where they still bring in a group of normal brainy kids to go up against these cool dumb kids 
kids. Yeah. Which still doesn't make sense to me. No. I don't know why they didn't switch out the other team. Yeah. Why didn't they right? have two teams of fun people? Uh-huh. It's more fun to watch. Well, and the guy even says it in lines when he's like, it's good looking kids versus good looking kids. This is good TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't they making good TV the whole time? Yeah. Um, and you, Topanga's evidence, you can have a good looking smart person. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they've renamed everyone. You have lips, which is Sean. Hair, which is Topanga. And Corey has this brain hat that lights up and he's a Brainiac 14. Mm-hmm. Which is a reference to the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Brainiac 5 is the fifth descendant of Brainiac a thousand years in the future uh, after Superman has long been since been dead. Just so you guys all know out there. Ah, uh, yes. I knew that about Brainiac 5. I like Brainiac 2 a lot. Yeah, Vril Dox is great. <laughs> yes, sure. Yes, everyone out there, I am a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Rebels. You should read Rebels, the yeah. mid 2000s. The 2009 uh, comic book series Rebels is so vastly underrated and is so good. Criminally underrated, you could yeah, say. It's so good. Go read it. If it is available online, I will read it. You All you need is a DC Universe subscription, which I think is $7.99, but you can get the first month free and easily read it in a month. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can read the whole thing for no money. Oh, that is now a personal challenge. Thank you. Um, it is it is an acronym, Rebels. It is not just called Rebels. It is R.E.B. I don't remember what it stands for. I don't either. But it is such a fantastic series. Ended way too soon. Anyway, um, but yeah, so uh, Corey is Brainiac 14, and they're still putting them up against... They, they really love the name Einstein Academy. They are just... It's all they could figure out. Yeah, they're loving it. We even see Einstein Academy again in uh, Girl Meets World. Yeah, they'll use Einstein Academy again as like the smart school kids could go to. What a world. what a good name! They only know one smart person. <laughs> Nikola Tesla High School. That'd be a fun one to go to. Edison something or other. The Edison High School. The electrocute elephants at Edison High School. Just like Edison did. What a jerk. Anyway. <laughs> Carrie's getting more random. I just have a point. note here that just says, what is this show? Yeah. And I feel like that just applies. Just sort of carte blanche. So to all of us here right now. So I was watching this episode really close, but in all of the knowledge or the, huh, that's cool shots. I could not take my eyes off of this black and white TV in the background that just showed exactly what the TV was showing except distorted and like the bottom was like really big and then it got like smaller as it came up and it was the most fascinating thing in the world to me and I was like what is that why would you do that I'm like because it's kind of MTV mm-hmm. like the kind of like make it edgy by making it weird uh-huh. yeah that's sort of that TRL kind of feel mm-hmm. also Bill Nye if you've gone back and watched Bill Nye episodes they they make it cool by making it just like super weird it's mm-hmm. so weird so so weird. Like, so weird. Like the distortion and the filters that they put on it. Like that's kind of what that reminded me of too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, man, that really actually is of the time. Like if you were going to mm-hmm. try to make something like cool for teens, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Don't yeah. get it, but cool. <laughs> yeah. So this is when they do have the questions about the moon where Kiki's actually being very informative about the moon and the cycles 28 days and it has forms such as the waning gibbous and the waxing gibbous. It doesn't say what those are. Mm-hmm. But th- those are phases of the moon. And she's like, for one million trillion points, 
the moon. Million Where trillion. is it? And they just kind of talk together and then just all point up, mm-hmm. which was, of course, correct. I mean, a million trillion, you could just say a quintillion. Yeah. Would that be a million trillion or would it go up to a million trillions? A pentillion would be, well, it's quintillion, it's pentillion. If you have played um, Adventure Capitalist, you should know the answer to this. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's what, I was, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of, actually. Apparently, I have not, but cool. I, I like Adventure Communist more. Yeah. The just, it appeals to me a little bit more. You'll have to tell me what this is later. Just a dumb. It's free to play. Game. It's free to play. It's just, Get it's it. All timers and um, Cameron knows how much I hate timers. Accumulating more and more and more and more. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it speaks to me, and then so, I delete it for long periods of time. <laughs> This is actually where the episode kind of like, I felt like up to this point that I was in conversation with the show, like, and I was disagreeing, but I was still kind of having fun, having a back and forth. Mm-hmm. And this is where the show just completely loses it. Like that their, their attempt at parody kind of goes over an edge and I can't, I can't get it back. Um, because like the pointing up the nothing because it would fall on top of us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not any sort of knowing. Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not appealing to logic we're not appealing to trivia we're appealing to like answer this question in the dumbest way possible and it's mm. not even you know previously you know you have for your pop culture you still have to know things for that but like just pointing up that frustrated me a lot yeah and like but now the show isn't being now we're not in an interesting discussion even about what's what the did you just do there's a bug right there and it just bit me whatever it is huh <laughs> sorry turn into a wear beetle <laughs> that's <right>. fun <laughs> But not during a waning gibbous or a waxing gibbous. I put my hand down, then I heard, felt a sting. I looked up and there was something there and I swatted it off. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Never a dull moment on our show. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like we had a lot of interesting things to talk about and discuss about like elitism and everything. And then the show just decides, no, they're not doing any kind of trivia or knowledge-based stuff. They're just being idiots. The, yeah, now it's like, who can be the biggest idiot correctly? And I'm just like, well, now I've lost all interest in this episode mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like maybe around this time and a little bit later like this character archetype that they would refer to as like a mook which is like sort of that mtv guy really loud and crass um it's kind of gross like mm-hmm. that kind of character was like super popular and kind of like took over a lot of like those kind of shows and i feel like this is sort of like steering into that um and like leaning into it pretty hard um it's just like it's not about i mean they're not crass and things like that but they're really dumb um but yeah so we're just kind of seeing that kind of play out here i think yeah i, I just think it I, I really want to hear what danny has to say but i really lost all interest in the show when they took away like every level of subtlety possible for me i felt like so i might just be reading into it because i always like to see the best in things and so to me it feels like they could have intentionally shown everything getting super dumbed down even the boys like dumbing their answers down i mean topanga pointed up as well and we know she's better than that Mm -hmm. you know she could have at least given an answer but no she just points up i feel like it's just how much are you willing to bend your values and what's important to you in order to keep that like advertising money in order to get ahead in the world like i'm turning it into this broader picture in my mind of you know where are your standards what are what's acceptable to you and then how easily will you throw it away because mm-hmm. she jumps on board because well she's she's their queen you know the people mm-hmm. love her so she's not afraid anymore of going on camera in front of however many people are watching this i assume like channel 13 special um like pbs stuff it just i feel like they're trying to say you know there's something that you will compromise for and here they are just compromising 
amazing out there, Max. Mm -hmm. So if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying like it's showing the eventuality of the slippery slope. Oh, yeah. That sounds a lot better than what I just said, but that's what I was trying to say. Perfect. (laughs) Slippery slope. It's all slippery. Because they didn't realize, because, you know, the way they cut back into the show multiple times, it's worse and worse every time. So yeah, Mm -hmm. they're walking us down a path, showing us the degradation of their values. Yeah. I thought Knowledge Fever was pretty fun. Yeah. Like Knowledge Fever is this and it's weird to me that knowledge fever is where Feeney loses his beat like Mm -hmm. because he even refers to it as knowledge fever doesn't have the kind of information I want you to be absorbing if they had moved that scene to after huh that's cool I'd be Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah you're right yeah I can see that happen it's a much more like black and white like yeah that that answer that that question and that answer were both stupid yeah but the fact that it happens after knowledge fever which is like yeah it's pop culture based Mm -hmm. Feeney played his in too quick yeah yeah i don't know it's i the loss of subtlety makes me lose interest but i do like your take like it's not actually about knowledge it's about slippery slope and values and they're just using knowledge as like a, a backdrop a backdrop of what that means yeah um i think that that makes it actually more entertaining well we can we can finish up this rest of the episode i feel like pretty quickly yeah um essentially oahu wants to take them out of school for like six weeks oahu beach face savers that is to go film on location in Oahu. Sean responds, Columbus, Oahu. <laughs> Which is just like, what? <laughs> what are you? That's not even like clever. I guess Ohio and Oahu both start with O's. I mean, it may, I could see that. <laughs> oh, it worked Ohio. for me. If you thought, I thought o- that Oahu one was, funny. was Ohio, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Sean is very charming. Uh, Akron, Oahu. And then they're like, I don't know. Well, we would do it if you made the questions actually about something. Like maybe we'd be more interested. I, I feel like you need to do that. And so just like any sort of capitalist organization, when the workers aren't cooperating, what do you do? You bring in the scabs mm-hmm. to uh, get them all, mm-hmm. get them all out. Just real quick before we talk about, move on. Can we talk about the line just for a second? Why don't we go ahead and get in the bathing suits and then come back for round two? You. These are 16-year-olds. Uh-huh. Let's go get in the bathing suits and come back for round two. Yeah. What's round two going to be here, Mr. Oahu Beach face saver? I just... That line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Continue with your thing. Continuing. Um, and so then we're just back on the next episode of Knowledge... Or not Knowledge Fever. Huh, that's cool. And uh, they bring in some California people. Moondog and... Viper Joe. Sur- surfer Girl. Mm-hmm. And they're just like headbanging and for a second and everyone's like what is happening and then suddenly the crowd is like all into them yeah they're they're taking off their brainiac 14 helmets to uh headbang with the surfer guys yeah very like kind of the beavis and butthead and wayne's world crowd Mm -hmm. kind of very personified right yeah yeah and scores all tied up at the end of the episode whoever wins i guess is going to be going to oahu Mm -hmm. columbus oahu to uh to film for whatever and um yeah this is when the guy makes the comment of like hey it's good looking kids versus good looking kids this is good tv mm-hmm. um and they ask sean the question who invented the printing press and made information available to the masses for the first time which is a very un huh that's cool type of question <laughs> but uh here we are and sean's just like i don't know and he obviously gets it wrong and they lose yeah he says i don't know anything i'm just cute and fun to watch which you've got to think the audience like what? <laughs> 
what are you talking about, Sean? Um, and so they lose. They're at school. They're there early. And Mr. Feeney comes in and they're like, and Sean's even like, you taught us. Johan Gutenberg invented the printing press. Can you teach us some more stuff? Yeah. And it kind of ends yeah, there. Yeah, plays. It's such an odd, it's such an odd wrap up to this episode because like, I don't know. I feel like the, the episode was in good conversation with itself. And then it just settles on like, no, Feeney was actually right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could have gone deeper there. And I think it could have been done in a better way. Now, as someone who is not a scriptwriter, I don't know how it could have been done better. But I agree mm-hmm. with you that that like that ending was just like, huh, okay. I think that I completed the episode in my mind more than just what we watched. Like <laughs> I had more fun with it, analyzing it than what they gave us. I, I can imagine that. What, I, what do you mean by that? If you don't mind me asking. Like coming up with all of these, you know, what are they trying to tell us? What is the moral of the story? Like, I feel like I pictured things better in my mind than just the way that they wrapped it up with, oh, you taught us this. Will you teach us more things like that? Because that doesn't happen in real life. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously they didn't consult a teacher for that line. I don't know. Please teach me more things, Mr. Liner. Yeah. <laughs> Who are I you would... and what have you done with child? <laughs> I could retire if I ever heard that phrase. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I don't know. It's just such an odd wrap up of like, oh, now we know what good knowledge is. Johann Gutenberg inventing the printing press in 1450. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? Why? <laughs> like, yeah, the show hasn't given us an answer. Yeah. As to why, other than you're really dumb if you don't know this. Yeah. Which isn't true. Yeah. So um, we get one more scene where they're playing the home version. <laughs> And um, it just fits right in. Yeah, it just fits right in. We forgot to mention the Samoans earlier. <laughs> if you get a question wrong and the other team gets it right, then the Samoans come and jab you with their spears, apparently. Yeah. You know, it's like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe any of us are of Polynesian descent. No. No. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> um, I would be interested in if a person of Polynesian descent would be offended by the whole, like, big kahuna Samoa thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a different vibe. Yeah, but especially in Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> of all the places. Um, we will not comment on this as we are not Polynesian. Appropriate. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, it did kind of, the, the Samoans especially, just made me a little uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. the chant, like, oh, 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 that's cool. Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but they're playing the home version, and Topanga decides to be Kiki. Mm-hmm. So she's like, aloha. And then she's talking, she's like, milk, where does it come from and amy and alan discuss and they're like cows is right but not the answer we're looking for and then the boys get a chance to steal and they converse and they're like a carton could you be more specific a milk carton is right <laughs> oh kids got it right parents got it wrong you know what that means and then they call in the samoans and they're like Haha, samoans and then suddenly they do appear yeah. they're going boy 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 means world boy 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 means world <laughs> Credits. Ding, do, do, ding, do, 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 do. And that's yeah. it. I do love boy, boy, boy meets boy, boy, boy. Every time good. a show references itself, that's always fun for me. Uh-huh. It's true. It is. The season does it quite a bit. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you and Danny have some similar senses of humor as well because you uh-huh. love when the show does I'm just that. like, yes. <laughs> Self-reflexive jokes. Yeah. I love them. There's a, a whole episode where Sean seemingly knows he's in a television show. Um, and he, so he's like, no, the Flint 
Flintstones and our lives. They're the exact same. Like, trust me. And Cameron. TV. No, it's the same thing. <laughs> and Cameron loved that joke. <laughs> it didn't help that the rest of the episode was really good, too. Yeah. Um, so he loves the self-reflexive humor. Um, but yeah. I mean, there it is. That's the episode. It's a wild ride. It, there's a lot more to talk about this in this episode than I ever thought going into it. This was a, if anything, a really interesting one. This isn't one of those episodes where we just go and be like, this was good, this was good, this was good, bye. <laughs> or this was bad. Yeah. And don't even want to think about it anymore. Yeah. So I will give this episode points for being interesting interesting yeah so we do ratings out of 10 uh-huh. um which i did tell you did tell her okay yes. mm-hmm. um cameron why don't you start us off um, go, cameron danny me so i think in our discussion of it just because of the way that it just slides into madness because we live in a random and chaotic universe <laughs> yes um i ended up going with a six and a half okay just like i really do think that the first third is so strong mm-hmm. but then after that it's just like just in Congress, it doesn't it doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. Like what they were whatever they were going for in the first third of the episode, they just kind of slipped away from that. I mean, it's a real shame. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with a six and a half. A six and a half out of ten. Interesting. What do you think, Danny? So if if we say five is take it or leave it, and we mm-hmm. use the Likert scale, if you will, um, I mean, I would take it over leave it. Mm-hmm. I want to say I'm between a six and a seven, but that literally means six and a half, so I can't give it a six and a half. So I'm gonna go with six. So I can just be slightly different okay that's fair it's allowed yeah um yeah i i agree with both of you um i think i didn't necessarily like it up to i agree with it let's put it that way up to Feeney's rant. Like, but like I said, I felt like it was in conversation with the show. I felt like something was happening. Um, and then after Feeney's rant, everything just goes so off the rails. Like, like all subtlety, all nuance, all interestingness kind of like just kind of floats out the window. Um, and I just lose all interest in this episode. Um, I may watch it again and come back and be like, no, I was wrong last week. Um, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna land on a six as well. Um just because, you know, there are way worse episodes of the show. Um, I think this episode is fine. Yeah, it's watchable. I, I yeah. like how you said, like, on the level of take it or leave it, I'm going to take it. Um, but is it the most interesting? Yeah. Is it's... it, I don't know, does it paint any of the characters in the best light? No, it mm-hmm. doesn't. So uh, here we go. That leaves us with an average of somewhere between a six and a six and a half. Yes. Math isn't my thing. I'm um, doing the math. Hold on, because I have to. Six and a six. A six and a half. It's like a six point two three. It's 6. a 6.16 one six repeating. Six point one six seven. Significant figures. If we significant figures, it's six point two. Six point two. Um, I don't know why. I just thought about this, but six point one six repeating. Of course, <laughs> naturally, <laughs> naturally. Um, yeah, six point two. I like it. Yeah. So do we, I forget. Do we do title or MVP? I, I always forget how it goes. I, I think it's MVP first. Okay. I said the announcer guy. Mm-hmm. Just because he's consistently good throughout the show. Interesting. He's the only one. You're the which, only one worth cheering for. Which announcer guy? The, like the old, the old, the man. old, old man. Uh-huh. Okay, it's yeah. Like Thirty seconds. Okay. Ten seconds. That's exactly who I picked as well. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, it is. Okay, well, he escaped from a purgatory dimension chance. He did. This is his moment. <laughs> see, I didn't even know he escaped, but he just tugged on my heartstrings. Like, uh, I feel like I could see his life struggle. Like, did he imagine himself being there when he was 20 and thriving and, like, living his best life? Did he know where he would end up? <laughs> well, 
I don't know. How long was he in the purgatory dimension? <laughs> we, there's no way of knowing. Um, 100 years. If you watch the first episode of season four, you will see him um, trapped in, in purgatory under the sway of the master of hell. Irene. Irene. So, um, but yeah, now he's escaped. He's free. Well, he automatically wins. I'm outvoted. Um, uh-huh. I would you say? I would have said Sean. Um, again, don't end up agreeing with him, but he's just so funny. John Adams head. John Adams head. Um, but no, I'll take... I, I will take unnamed announcer guy. <laughs> unnamed <laughs> unnamed announcer guy. Uh, <laughs> Thoughtful pouty sexy lips and knowing exactly what to do is very funny also. Though. It's true. No, I know exactly what she means. She means this. And he does it. <laughs> um okay, and then title. Boy meets. I just said boy meets knowledge. Mm, what about you? You go next. You go next. Uh mine is actually similar. I would say boy meets knowledge fever. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I really struggled with coming up with a title. So boy oh, I dropped my headphone. Boy meets boy meets knowledge fever. I would second that one if we're picking out of those two. Because my mind was going like like boy meets trivia, but Ooh. knowledge sounds more appropriate. Yeah. So. And that's sort of the core argument. Yeah. Yeah. What is knowledge? Of the first what half. is knowledge? Of the first half. Yeah. And then who even knows? <laughs> it's like lateral thinking, but not even that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> How much nonsense can we possibly squeeze into here? Um, yeah, so Women's Knowledge Fever um, will be the official official title. title. Um, yeah, that's it. We did right. it. We did it. Danny, you did Yay. your first episode. Lois Simos. I don't know if you've done another podcast before. Never. This is this is my first time. The first one, one under the belt. Did you have fun? I did. This was awesome. We'll definitely have you on again next season if you want. I would if you love want. that so it's much. It's up to you. <laughs> I would love it. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was a lot of fun for us. Yeah. I think I could speak for Cameron. I had a great time. <laughs> I never realized how much analyzing and talking about uh, a show like this would make the show itself more enjoyable because like I had more emotional buy-in to it because I found mm-hmm. myself asking questions and debating with myself and it was wonderful. I should do that with all shows. <laughs> yes. All shows always. Yeah. It will bring you to insanity in a few episodes. <laughs> uh-huh. Next show, Squid Game. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've heard good things. That one does to... have some like deep content to it. It does. It's, it's, it's meant to be a thinker. It's a it allegory is and all intentionally. That. Yes. So I Danny, know nothing about it. I just know it's supposed to be good. Yeah. Um, oh, watch it. It's worth it. So, Danny, is there somewhere people can find you? Anything you want to promote? There is something I want about? to promote. Not me, but I recommend if you like country music, go to gabriellegore.com. She is a Nashville recording artist out of Muldrow, Oklahoma, and has had one of her her first single from her album hit number one in the charts in the UK for three weeks in a row. So you knew this person personally. Yeah, yeah, I work for her. I'm in her band. You're in her band? Yeah. What do you play? Keyboard. Country music sensation, Danny Powell. I'm not the sensation she is, Keyboard but whenever star. she comes, when, whenever we do a gig up here in the city, I'll let you guys know and you should come check it out. Oh, Even if country will. isn't your thing, on. it'll, it'll be an entertaining show for sure. I will be wearing chacos and flannel. Yes. Confession. I, be, I don't own any boots. I don't either. <laughs> I own one pair of boots because we had a German au pair who had never been to a rodeo and wanted to go. And so I took her and I felt like to play the part, I needed to wear boots. So I bought boots. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't even wear them to our shows. Hair, un- unironically, also fantastic. <laughs> 
That is a person who watches children, correct? Yes. Yeah. She came and lived with my cousins for a year and watched their children after she graduated high school. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. An au pair. It's just a fun, fun title. It is. I loved everything about that interaction just now. Thank you. (laughs) Just really start to finish, I feel like. (laughs) Sort of encapsulates mine and Danny's entire high school relationship. It does. Like country music sensation. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Okay. Wild tangents and Mm -hmm. um, no social media you want to plug or? Oh, for me, no, but you can find Gabrielle on everything. I just plug her because I'm, I'm no one important but check her out. Twitter, Facebook, Apple Music, Spotify, everything. Because that, that's my passion project right now. So Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Well, we are also no one special, but you can find the show and its collection of knowledge about Boy Meets World mm-hmm. everywhere as well. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Which I assume you know because you're listening to it. It's true. <laughs> you just turn down the wrong corner and someone's like, hey, you want to get a podcast? And they just put it right in your ears. <laughs> It's like poison Halloween candy. But the point of that mm-hmm. was, go tell your friends. Yeah. You can find it anywhere. It takes no effort to find us. Um, if you type in Boy Meets World into any podcast app, we're one of the first people who come up because we're only one of the only podcasts that actually put it in the name. Boom, searchability. Uh-huh. Look at your that marketing SEO. skills. Incredible. Um, yes, you can find the show, tell a friend, leave us a review. More people need to do that. You can also follow us on um, all the social medias, except for Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Um, not posting a whole lot these days because of grad school, but sure. we're still there. And, hey, Squarespace, um, you could also find them at their own customized domain if you chose to help them out with a yeah, little, sure. little sponsor, on, sponsor. Listen to Danny Powell. She's an advertising expert and she knows what's up. In Blue Apron, sure if do. you want to give us some food, I wouldn't <laughs> hate it. <laughs> um, that would be less useful for me as I basically live the life of a transient. But uh-huh. I mean, you could cook it at your girlfriend's house. I could cook it at my girlfriend's house. That's true. That's romantic it is romantic okay i'm back in <laughs> i was out for he was a second out, but he's back in I'm back in yeah well i also want to say thanks to dizzy parker for the use of our theme song mm-hmm. uh, so you can check out the link in the description of this episode that takes you to his performance of that song and from there you can find all the other wonderful stuff that he's done mm-hmm. um yeah and uh definitely send us in your thoughts about this episode if you have any um i definitely expected to rate this episode a lot higher um and expected to honestly like it more than i did um so maybe you saw something that we didn't maybe you thought we overthought it anything like that let us know yeah i just really want to get that engagement about this episode specifically since it is such a integral episode to our mythos mm-hmm. the mythos of this show we literally named ourselves after it <laughs> yes and then you're like wait i don't even really like it <laughs> like, this is the one and then i'm watching it i'm like oh this is great i love this this is going to be a 10 out of 10 and then it's like hold up <laughs> Oh no. Hold up a minute. Oh. What's happening? Oh, Kiki, no. When was the last time you had watched this show prior to naming your podcast after it? You know, I had probably watched it about a year before, but like. I feel like I just finished up rewatching it. Yeah. Before we started our first episode. Yeah, I had probably watched it about a year, but that being said, I had consumed it while I was doing other things. I don't know yeah. that there's a moment of this show since I was a kid watching it live that I like like actually sat down and watched what was happening. Mm-hmm. So you consumed it the way it was meant to be consumed. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of think so. Uh, and now here we are. 
time makes bozos of us all. Yeah, I I am a notorious that all I really have are background shows while I do something else, whether yeah. it's like read or write or play video games. Um, like I consume television at that those times, which means I'm really bad at new television. <laughs> like people are like WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, the newest one. I don't know what it was. Loki. What it, what Loki. If. What Loki and what if? And I'm like, oh, those are great. I'm terrible at watching new things. I have not watched any of them. Someday. Maybe someday. So, yeah, this, that is how I consumed it before. And I feel like it's how most people consume it, I would mm-hmm. say. So, yeah, while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. So, really like sitting down and watching it and picking apart the scenes and like noticing the TV in the background of Knowledge Fever. That I was not. Yeah, doing. I didn't even notice it and I was watching. <laughs> so, but anyway, I think that's everything I've got. Yeah, that's all that I've got. Well, thank you guys for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> we yeah. enjoyed having you. And from all of us here at Blooming's World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. When the storm meets world